can't tell you, I actually have more pride in myself now telling people I do music and comedy than I did when I was an athlete. Because I felt like a statistic as an athlete. You know, you'll be sitting in, a, you'll be sitting in first class on an airplane. Somebody, well, I know you play football. <laughs> what else is your black ass doing up here in first class? Like, what, oh, you don't play football? What, you a rapper? Like, oh it, it sucks because, like, I can't even say, I, like, I would lie and say, no, I don't play football. But it's like the people knew I was lying to them, and I knew I was lying to them, but they weren't going to call me out on it because, like, we about to tussle on the flight. I don't think so. <laughs> Welcome to Body Sculpt of New York, six weeks to fitness podcast, where we hope to inform, motivate, encourage, and inspire you towards living a healthier lifestyle. And now, here's your host, the president of Body Sculpt of New York, Vince Ferguson. Hi, I'm Vince Ferguson. Welcome to Six Weeks of Fitness, episode 186. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have you gained weight during the COVID-19 pandemic? And are you having a hard time taking it off? Well, you're not alone. My next guest is a former professional football player, having played for such teams as the St. Louis Rams back in the day, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Arizona Cardinals. He is also an accomplished musician, mental health advocate, and a comedian. All that rolled into one. And today on my Six Weeks of Fitness podcast to discuss his NFL career, his weight loss journey, and what he is doing now to get back into NFL shape is Joe Boxdale. Joe, how are you? I'm good, and you? I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me. Man, it's my pleasure to have you on the air on my program today. And I could ask you so many questions, man, because not only are you, were you a professional football player, I can ask you hours and hours of questions about that. But you are also a musician, and you're doing some amazing things with, with your music career. But not only that, you're a mental health advocate, which is huge today, because a lot of us are having mental issues, all the stuff that's going on, and you're a comedian. What in the world? You know what I'm saying? That's amazing, my brother. But before we talk about this stuff, tell my, tell my audience, where did Joe Boxdale grow up, and what was his childhood like? I'm from Detroit, Michigan, originally. Uh, that's where I was born and raised. Uh, my childhood was uh, unique. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll say it was unique, but um, I grew up in a household with two parents. Uh, I got two little brothers. Nice. Um, I grew up on the west side of the city. I am actually from Detroit, Michigan, not from a suburb of the city saying I'm from Detroit. Right. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 the real deal. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the uh, public school kid from kindergarten until the end of high school. Um, and, you know, it's it's what you would imagine growing up in the city. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. The peer pressure, you know. Yeah, you know, the, the peer pressure to getting robbed at the bus stop. The uh, metal detectors at the school, you know. Yes. Um, that kind of stuff. Wow. Yes, yes, man. Wow. But, but what inspired you? Because I know you had a lot going on growing up. What inspired you to want to go into the NFL? Um, That's a good question. No one's ever asked me that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my brother. To be honest with you, I started, I mean, I started playing in high school and I just want to be good at things that I do. Um, and people who were good at the things that I did, 
went to the NFL, you know, because I was playing high school football, you know, back when I was playing in high school and even in college, you know, like the, I always wanted to be, you know, the best at whatever I'm doing. Otherwise, what's the, you know, what's the point in doing it? Um, so the best football players were becoming professionals. So I wanted to prove to myself that I could be a professional too. Did you have any naysayers, anyone while you were growing up that said, oh man, Joe, forget about that. That's a dream, man. You never make it to the NFL. Oh yeah. I mean, I had, um, I had coaches in high school that told me, you know, I, coaches. I was never, yeah, like that I wasn't going to do anything. I had a teacher call me a statistic for taking a football scholarship. Really? Yeah. Like it was, yeah, I mean, I, but I think that's everybody's story. I don't think anyone has ever done anything special has just, you know, everyone behind them has been like, you got it, baby. You can do it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sometimes like the naysayers, not sometimes, and they say it's part of it's part of the journey. It's part of the journey, you know. Right, right, right. And that's so, how you look at it. Yeah, because like I said, if you're trying to do anything, anything substantial, somebody's gonna be talking shit. I mean, I'm sorry, someone's gonna be uh, talking bad about you. Fucking smack. <laughs> yeah. Cause, Same thing. Because that's what human beings do, you know. No one's ever. And I would say that to people, like, you know, who people are like, oh, you know, people are being so mean to me. Like, people aren't just paying attention to, you know, just anybody. Like, people are, that meanness is more of an insecurity on their end, but it happens. You know, it does happen just as part of being a human being, man. You do something that people want to do, you're going to have, you're going to have haters, you're going to have doubters. Yes. You're going to have, and honestly, at the beginning, you'll have way more haters and doubters than you do support. Hmm. Um, but that's, you know, that's the reality. That is, that is. But, but through it all, you persevered and you became yeah. one of the few that made it to the NFL. Mm -hmm. what, what did you like best about being a professional uh, football player? Winning games. Winning? Winning games, yeah. Did, did you do a lot of that? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> no. But that's, you know, that's why you play. You play to win. Um, that's what you work so hard for. I mean, when you look at like professional football, for example, you got 16 or not 17 weeks of football. Um, and everything leading up to that 17 weeks, you know, you, it's, it's hard, you know, you're grinding in the off season, you're doing, you're doing the uh, summer camps, you know, getting ready for the season, uh, you start the preseason, that kind of thing. You're doing all of that to win as many of those 16, 17 games as you can. And when, you know, when you don't win a lot of those games and you don't go to the playoffs, it feels like everything you did was pointless. Because, you know. Yes. Yeah. And you put so much energy into it, you know, so much of, your, of yourself. But yeah. it is a team sport. You know? a team sport, yeah. Right. So no matter what you do, even if you're Tom Brady, if you don't have a good, you know, offensive line and a good receivers, you're not going to be able to score those points. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a team game. So in other words, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right, but at the same time, it doesn't help. Like, it's not, you know, <laughs> very competitive. Yes. Uh, All right. So you, you like most about the sport is that you like winning. But what did you like? Okay. All right. What did you like um, least about the sport? Running. Really? 
Yeah, I didn't. You're not a runner? No, I hate running. Like, no. I, I, I jog now. Like, I told myself when I retired from football that I wasn't going to run anymore. So now I jog lightly. But, um, yeah, no, I hated running. Like, I remember my first time being on a football field and having to do conditioning running and think, this is a high school. And I just remember thinking, like, it was my last day. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm really? dead tired. Yeah. Like, really? I, I didn't grow up, you know, athletic or anything like that. So this was, you know, this whole pushing yourself and all that. Like, I'm like, man. It's not for you. Yeah, no, no. It was not for me. I hate running. Like, even now when I run, when I do anything where I'm breathing heavy, I got to wear, like, headphones. Okay. Keep your mind off of it. Yeah, because you don't just want to hear yourself dying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. So. How long was your NFL career? I played for eight years. Eight years? Mm-hmm. That's, that's still pretty good, man. And, and why did you leave the NFL? I mean, was it injuries? No, was it- oh, no, no, no. Because I was tired of losing. I, mean, I was really? tired of losing. Whoa. I got to the point, like, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Really? Because, yeah, like, I mean, like I said, you work to win. Yes, yes, man. And when that's not happening, you're not fulfilling, in your mind, your purpose. And when you're not fulfilling your purpose. Why else, what else, what else, what else, what else is it? What else is yeah, it? Yeah, like, what's the point? So. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I knew that, like, I knew that there were other things that I did want to do in my life. And I felt like the longer I stayed in the NFL, the longer I would have to wait to do those things. Hmm. Uh, so I, I mean, you know, it's, uh, Dwayne Johnson gave a speech to the Lakers. Um, it's on YouTube, but he talked about like, it comes to a point where you just get tired of like not being the guy, like not being number one. Hmm. And I felt like, I could be number one, one day when it came to music and and comedy and whatever else I do. But I, it it slowly hit me that like, bro, you're not, you're not going to the playoffs. You're not winning games. Stop. You yeah. know, like, stop. Because yeah. I look at people like Dwayne Johnson, Drake, um, even Richard Pryor. Now, Richard Pryor pivoted into the same career. You know, he went from, like, movies to stand-up back to movies. You know, that kind of thing. Right. But a guy like The Rock, who started off with wrestling and then, you know, felt like, you know, this is not what I want to be remembered for doing. And this right. man is, is, like, my most favorite wrestler of all time. That's how I know him. Yes. I've known him since then. But it was very inspirational for me to see somebody who had um, succeeded so much just walk away. Yeah. And I remember when he did it, I, I mean, like every other fan, I'm like, oh my God, now who's going to smell what the rock is cooking? Like, you yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I know this dude's not leaving just to sit at home. Right. And look at him now, you know. Like, what? Yes. Yeah. And it's the yes. same with Drake. Like, I know people, I never watched De- Degrassi, Degrassi, whatever the name of it, one of those two. Um, but I know people who used to watch that show, and apparently they did like a behind the scenes thing with some of the cast. And, right. You know, Drake shows up on camera, and he's like, you know, man, why not? I want to be a rapper. You know, I want to tour the world. And he said, my friend said, he's watching the show. I'm like, shut up, Drake. Like, no one's gonna listen to your music. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's Drake. Yes. 
Um, and I also, like, I met Kobe Bryant while I was playing football. And Kobe. Nice. He, um, it was the same thing. I mean, he, obviously, you know, the, the, uh, the plans weren't fully completed, but like, you know, the man had so much more going on outside of basketball. That was going to be, you know, that was going to eclipse his basketball career. And I'm like, man, if Kobe Bryant can, if Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Johnson and Drake can eclipse careers that in my mind, they were very successful at. Very much. My losing ass can do something better than one of them. That is good. That's amazing, bro, because that's a good lesson for everyone. You know what I'm saying? If you're not really happy where you are and you'd rather be somewhere else, why not pivot and go do what you feel you're called to do? Yeah. You know? I mean, obviously, uh, Dwayne Johnson and Kobe, they didn't worry about the money. They had money in their previous careers. But they said, look, I can do better. I can be more fulfilled. And they were right. But, but you don't know until you step out of that comfort zone. That's true. And I will say this, you know, as much as I talk about doing those kind of things, I mean, these stories sound great and that kind of thing. But the reality of the situation is, especially as a comedian, I just say, like, you see people all the time who get up on stage and they're like, yeah, you know, man, I, I decided, man, I quit my job. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm fully committed to this comedy thing. And then they proceed to bomb. You know, like, and then you've yeah. seen them, like, another week, and it's like, like, oh, you bombed again. You know, like, I, I gave up my job. I had benefits. And it's like, you probably probably should have stayed with your job. I'm saying that to say, like, make sure you got people around you that's going to tell you the truth. Yes. Yes. You don't want to, like, make one of those big moves and, like, <laughs> you've talked to no one about it. You just want to know, I'm a prayer warrior. I'm stepping out on faith. And it's like, yes. Yeah, you should have checked right in with Yeah, yeah you should have checked in with your friends or something, someone who loves you. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's good to have someone behind you. And speaking of which, I know that you battled depression. Yeah. Right now, where did that come from? Um. So I grew up autistic. Well, okay, wait. I found out I was autistic when I was 30. So I didn't know I was autistic until I was 30. Really? Um, recently, yeah. recently. Recently. Yes. And so, growing up atypical, without knowing that you're atypical or other people around you knowing that you're atypical, can present a bunch of different challenges. Yeah. You know, there are things that you can do or say that would be deemed disrespectful that you don't even realize because you can't reach social situations. That's how I got kicked out of engineering. That's how I got into football in the first place. Really? I was at an engineering camp and I thought it was time to play. It was not time to play. And I got kicked out of the engineering camp along with another kid. Um, and I needed something to do over the summer. And that's how I started playing football. And I guess the reason I started playing football was another reason why I was so comfortable, not comfortable, but I believed. I'm like, I didn't even know anything about football. And I was able to become a professional football player. Like, I know how to be funny. You know, like, I know how to. Make, like, I know something about music. Like, I know more about these things than I did about football. So. Logically, I should do much better. Objectively right. speaking, people say that I was a, I had a successful football career. I don't agree, but you know, I can't make y'all see the, see it the way I see it. But that's part of the mental illness too, you know. Um, and you know, th I mean, it's it's a result of you know things that have happened to me, you know, growing up. And I mean, I, I'm sure like a bunch of other people have said, you know, when you go to therapy and you start 
working on yourself and figuring these things out, you realize a lot of it comes from childhood, which is why yeah. I said my childhood was unique. So, <laughs> really? Really? like growing up, I thought everybody grew up like me. I didn't realize it was not the, not so. Not so, really. I mean, you grew up in a two parent household, right? You had other siblings, yeah. As well. So, and you were happy as a child. No. There you go. I see. <laughs> I see. Oh, no. I see. Now that's there. You go. I grew up in a very toxic household. Um, I, I didn't even know what unconditional love was because. Growing, you know, I was raised more like a pet than a kid, you know, seen that hurt, you know, showing you off to people, uh, talking about you like you're not there, those kind of things. You know, like uh, like my mom, you know, stand up, show them how big you are. Yeah, girl, that's the biggest 11-year-old I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to go broke trying to feed his ass, man. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to. I'm like, mom, chill. Shut up. Stop being disrespectful. Oh, my goodness. You're sitting here talking bad about me, like right in my face. <laughs> but I'm doing this, okay. You oh know, my goodness. Stuff yeah. like that, you know. Yes, um, yes. I can remember like asking my, you know, asking my mom for money. And my mom spinning around, opening up an empty wallet. Like, you cost too much. We have no money. Like, wow. <laughs> it like motivated me to make money. <laughs> Growing yeah. up, I knew, I knew one thing I was not going to be was poor. Wow. Yes, <laughs> we're going to be broke. No, because they used to always tell me how expensive I was and how much money they'd have if I wasn't here and how they wanted a girl and that kind of stuff. Your parents actually laid that guilt on you for, for being yeah. Oh, man. But through it all, you know, through it all, you persevered. I mean, how's the relationship with your mom and your father now? I don't have one. You don't have one? No. Okay, I see. I, wow, that's interesting, man. Well, are you able to to put that into comedy though? What you went through? Yeah, because some people can find uh, it funny yeah, until they realize, uh, you know. Some things you still gotta like. Some things I still gotta work out. Like, uh, you know, like I was sexually abused when I was younger. I didn't trust my parents enough to tell them about it because I thought I was gonna get in trouble. Wow, man, that's, um, deep. that's serious. I don't know how you make that funny, but like, no, man, no you don't make that funny. No, it's probably, probably a way, but um, yeah. you'll find takes, a way. It just takes time. That's all. You can make anything for you with time. Uh, well, I'll tell you, your audience will kind of like really want to listen to you. Don't when they hear that, they're like, "Really? What? What? You know?" Yeah, but like that, I will say that's something that you would probably bring up more, like a mental health discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, something like that. Not just yeah. like, hey guys, how we doing tonight? Y'all came out to have a great time. I was touched. Like, you know, like, you, yeah. <laughs> nobody's coming out on a Friday night to hear that. No, uh, no, no, no. But, you know, like, I mean, it's, yeah, like, and I, I thought everybody grew up and people got, you know, started getting touched on in daycare. I didn't know that was just me or not just me but you know thing yeah yeah like i thought everybody grew up and eventually had to go shop in the children's husky section at the top of jc Penney. not oh, just me not just you uh, oh man parents come walk i mean we come walking through the door oh hello ma'am and they look at me oh the the boys husky section is upstairs, upstairs. <laughs> maybe a bit small and then my mom's like i know right little nigga keep growing every day I'm your son. Like, thanks, mom. Yes. Thanks, mom. Some, but, show me some love here. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so that's, uh, I don't know. It's weird because whenever I do think about like, and I'm sure anyone 
who's had a hard time with anything can attest to this. You think about it. And it sucks when you go through it. But at the same time, it also helped make you who you are. You know, the you know, the good and the bad. So um, I try to do a good job of these days of just observing things that happened in the past and not being as emotionally reactive to them because the reality is we can all look back over our lives and think, wow, that bad thing made me better, you know? Right. It's what you do about it, you know? It's how you use it That's as right. your fuel to go forward, you know? And but you can't use everything as fuel. Some things you do need to let go. Some things yeah. you do, oh. you know? Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. But being broke, feeling broke, you use that as fuel to oh, go yeah. and make more money. That's right. <laughs> That's, That's right. good fuel, man. Sometimes we need that. You know what I'm saying? Every, I mean, every, every, I do believe everyone needs a goal to work for. Otherwise, you just wonder, what are you doing? Exactly. But how? who helped you get through those dark days with depression? Was anybody in your life that kind of came? Oh, to I mean, I, like, I'm with a therapist twice a week. I'm on medicine. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it, it hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> it's an ongoing battle. Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, it's it's um, yeah, it's an ongoing thing. Um, I I do the best that I can. Yes, yes. You take one day at a time. You know, that's what I mean by doing the best. Yeah, I can. Yeah. One day at a time. One day at a time. Now, yeah. I also know that professional athletes they pride themselves in their their physique, their health. You know, their ability to do almost. I never you never did that as a professional uh, athlete. Really? You ever seen any sexy offensive linemen? Like I forgot your offensive linemen. Yeah, hey. I was very self-conscious about my body. Really? Like, I'm still very self-conscious about my body. Well, what are you? You're six four. Six five. Six five. You grew them inches. I studied, researched you. <laughs> <laughs> how much do you? How much do you weigh? How much did you weigh when you playing? When you were playing ball? When I was playing, I was in like the three twenties. Three three twenty, man. That's a lot of man. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. right, right. But now you don't feel like being six five three twenty is what I'm saying. Like you don't, you yeah, don't feel like yeah. You're a picture of athletic physique. Like I remember talking to because uh, you know, I mean, you know, what offensive linemen look like. And I remember one time they had a group of offensive linemen come talk to kids about health. He's the most unhealthy looking. <laughs> <laughs> now you tell them on, those, on the brothers. Oh, okay, man. No, no, no. Because it's just. So what I mean, it was they they usually send the young players out to do this kind of stuff. Obviously, some of the young players haven't been in the weight room as long as some of the older players in the NFL, so their bodies are a little looser. Right, not as tight. Yeah. And uh I remember <laughs> I remember I'm standing in the back, you know, while guys are talking, one kid just raises his hand like, listen, I just I, I gotta ask. Are these really the people that should be talking to us about how to eat right? Like a kid asked that question. <laughs> stand in front of people for a living. Like what? Yes. What, what are they gonna tell me? That, you know, like yes. I don't look like this. And I'm Thank just, you. Like, oh, these kids are evil. Like, they, they're, they're brutal, brutally honest, man. Kids, yeah. man. That is yeah. that was cool. But then he made a point, though. Are these the most the best role models you got for us, man? When it comes to health. Hey, it's funny because I was sitting back there. I'm like, hey, this kid's right. Like, <laughs> the kid's right. <laughs> we going to put him out the classroom now for speaking right, the truth? Yeah, we can't suspend the kid for telling the truth, can we? I mean, Thank you, man. Thank you. Wow. Wow. All right. So, <laughs> at least my next question, though, because of the quarantine, 
you kind of gained more weight. A lot of people gained a lot of weight. There was something called the quarantine 15, where people felt like they gained 15 extra pounds. Now, how, how has that quarantine affected you? I'm just a muscle eater. Uh, let me rephrase that. Emotional eating is something that runs in my family. Um, leaving a football career to be in a pandemic and not doing the thing that you left football to do. Yes. Will make you very emotionally uneasy. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yes. There was a lot of, a lot of nervous snacking. Cause you know what I mean? You think about it. Like I retired right before. So it's like, I'm leaving to go do this thing, go do this art and all that other kind of stuff, you know? So, I mean, one of the reasons I retired was so I could be available to play shows. Yes. And then COVID happens and there's no shows to play. No shows to play, man. No shows yes. to play. So there was some, there was some emotional eating. I mean, you know, there were, I mean, there were not good thoughts going on during 2020 because in my mind, I made it, you made, you, you look, you feel stupid. I can't say you look stupid. I don't know how it looks. I don't, right. I don't know how I look from the third person, but inside I felt stupid. Um, yeah, I'm like, man, we <laughs> we could have been playing no shows and still be playing football. What you doing? You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. With like, if you look back at the hard times, nine times out of ten, you got better in some way. Like I became a producer during COVID. Like I learned how to. Produce like I went from not knowing how to produce to being a producer. Deep, wow, another hat. Yeah, so it's, and I'm very thankful for that, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what that's where my head was, and the beat making and producing in general kind of got me out of that mental funk. Like, there's a uh, album called R and Beats Volume One. I had a mental breakdown like around the time COVID started because in my mind, I'm like, wait, so they're closing stores, they're closing all these places down, we can't leave the house, how am I going to feed the family? I don't know how to cook. I don't even, do we even have food here? Like, you know, all yeah. those things going through your head. Going your head, yeah, man. You know? Um, wow. And in my, you know, working my way back, my wife suggested that I try to, you know, she's like, you, you like playing with your drum machine. Maybe you can make some beats, like try to try to figure out how to, you know, use it. And that's where R and B's volume one came from. Nice. Uh, and that was my first time producing. And all the music that has been released since R and B's volume one and will be released since R and B's volume one. I have produced like all the this fifty two week I, I released a fifty two week project this year. I drop one song every Monday for the entire year. Um yeah. it's divided into four albums. All of those songs I produce. The yeah. album that's coming out next year, all of those songs I was a producer on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and none of that would have happened if it weren't for COVID. So we're talking, what, 52 songs? Oh, there was a Star Wars project I did, too. That's another nine songs. Star Wars. Um, yeah, I love Star Wars. You see these last songs in the back? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But, nice. um, but, yeah, so if it wasn't, I mean, yeah, COVID was... You know, it's uh, like the, a tale of two cities. It's the best of times, but it's the worst of times at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Yes. yes, man. So you made it, but you made it work for you, you know? Yeah. And, but you you did gain addition, some additional pounds doing That's this right. Thing, right? But now. Realized that when I started doing comedy. You realize. <laughs> you start seeing yourself on camera more, and it's like, whoa. 
Yeah, that's yeah. Been like that a couple months ago, you know. <laughs> but now you started a, a weight pro, a weight loss program, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now talk about that. Um, I started, uh, I partnered with the Center app, uh, which is Chris Hemsworth's, uh, I call it, it's a fitness app, not just a physical fitness app, because there's also, um, you know, there's a, there's a mental, there's a mental health component as well, as well as like, you know, it's one of the few apps I've seen that also gives you like a legitimate amount of like meal options or examples, if that makes sense. It's not just like five meals that you got to eat for the next 10 weeks, you know? Yes, yes. So, uh, so I actually still eat that food now. Um, but that was part of the lifestyle change I was trying to make. So I actually started trying to bodybuild before COVID started. And I had this bodybuilding coach who had been trying to become a professional bodybuilding coach for 20 years. Really? I'm sorry. He was trying to become a professional bodybuilder for 20 years. Okay. 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 And that was the first thing I thought about when I'm like, hey, uh, make sure that you talk to somebody. 20 years? Like, 20, 20 if years. Still, in 20 years, if I'm still right here, you need to call me and be like, hey, bro, you need to chill. Like, it's been 20 years. It's been 20 years. It's been long enough. Try yeah. plumbing. So this dude, I got, I'm working with this super bitter dude who thinks he should be a professional. Uh, and it's just, you know, it just well, it wasn't a good fit. It wasn't, you know. Uh, yeah. So I just kind of like let the bodybuilding thing go for a while. But this, the center app, it was very reminiscent of the bodybuilding in terms of the clean eating and, you know, the way I was working out. But at the same time, um, it also made sense. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like the old school bodybuilding where you walking in the gym doing a hundred reps of everything and you eating 12 egg whites and yeah. drinking water, you know, yeah. like it was, you know, it's something. Something was, that, you, that you can do, something that was realistic. Yeah, something realistic. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Um, it's been great. Uh, from a physical and a mental wellness standpoint, it's been great. I mean, I have to work out. Uh, right. Like I have to work out. I work out six days a week, like for my mental health. It has not, you know. Um, yeah, for my mental oh, health. But with the app, it gives you um, it gives you exercise programs that you can choose to do. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you and you follow those routines. You pick the routines you want, and you follow them. Right? Yeah, and so yeah, and so the program I followed was like their advanced, um, you know, gym program that I guess uh, Chris uses to prepare for the Thor roles. Yeah, right now, pretty serious dude. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Hemsworth. Hey, that man is working. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Have you have you met Chris? Have you met him? I have not. I uh, no, no, I haven't. But um, it's a big brother, boy. Yeah, it's gotta. You gotta be like them workouts were not. Them workouts ain't easy. I actually got one uh, later on today, but I did them. You know, you, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, those. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Those no, no. are the best of times and the worst of times. Really? Do you? So you have to follow the app. The app designs gives you the different programs to use. Yeah. So follow the app. And yeah. the, okay. And it's a, but what is it? How many, how long have you been on the program? How many weeks have you been following the program? I just started my second round of the 10 week program. So this oh. is going to be like 12. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Cause nice. I'm on, yeah. And what no, what uh, results have you gotten so far? A lot leaner. A lot leaner. Um, the stuff, the stuff that I was trying to do, you know, I wanted to lean out. I wanted to drop a clothing size. Yes. Um, 
I yeah. wanted to feel good about myself. I didn't want to feel, because you know, the better you feel about, the more confident you are, the better you're going to do on stage. And a lot of my time now is spent on the stage. So yeah. it comes to a certain point. I'm a big believer in like personal accountability too. And like, if I'm uncomfortable on stage at a certain point, it's nobody's fault but mine. Not like people are like, hey, bro, let's, Let's go get 18 pounds of chicken wings and, you know, yeah, cookies. <laughs> yes. Know? So, it's, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely part of it, too. Is there any accountability with that app? Any, did anyone you have to be accountable to? Or? Oh, <laughs> yeah, the dude I'm looking at in the mirror every morning. Yeah, exactly. Like, Yourself? <laughs> yeah, because, like, from a personal standpoint, you're not trying to do all that work and then look at yourself and look the same or worse, you know? So like, yes, you yes. know, what you're putting in. that's part of it. Um, mm -hmm. and then, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the big thing. Um, yeah. I don't like wasting my time. And if I'm working out like that and I'm eating bad, I'm wasting my time. Okay. Okay. That's and the eating, and, and the eating part of it is very, very important. Yeah. Those meals, you know? Yeah, I think so. I know so. I mean, I think people think that, like, if they stop eating tomorrow, they'll just lose weight. And, yeah, you will lose weight till you start eating again. You know? Exactly, exactly. And mm -hmm. the metabolism slows down. Your body basically goes in starvation mode and holds on to the fat. You know yep. what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's counterproductive. What is your why? I, I ask people this because I know once you know your why, that, that determines how serious you're going to be about losing weight or exercising. Would you say your why is for your Are you own? talking about just for fitness? Yes. Uh, what would you say is your why that, you, that you're doing this? To change the world for people that are like my size, if that, if that makes sense, to, to, to make a positive change, to be the change I want to see. Some dealing with change. Like, when, for example, when The Rock got into Hollywood, people were telling him, like, oh, you're going to have to lose weight. No one's, no one's trying to look that big and swole on camera. Like, that's, you know, that kind of thing. And he kind of carved out, like, a path for himself. Yes. Which, like, even that people like me will be able to, like, you know, I'll be able to walk through some of those doors that he would open, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Please. But, uh, no. Yes, just... yes, yes, bro. Yes, I believe that. I believe Drake, it. Drake kind of the same way, you know. Yeah. You know from um, one form of entertainment to another. Well, they both did, you know. Right. Uh, uh, and that is my why and everything. Um, to be to be one of those people that took things in a different direction and was like, um, and you know, that helped people. If that, makes, if that makes sense. Because if you do sure. take things in a different direction, you do help people because people sure. see something they haven't seen before. Yes. Um, so yeah. Yes. That's my and point. also, it gives them a reason to if they if you could do it, they can do it. You know what I'm saying? That's if true. you can, you know, you can surmount those obstacles in your life, and I can surmount my obstacles obstacles in my life. That's you know what I'm saying? All the time. I'm like, if I can have a professional football career, anything's possible. Like, <laughs> I don't even watch sports. Like, <laughs> you don't even I, watch I, sports. I mean, no. Today, so, you, don't, you don't watch football now. No, I didn't know what football was when I first started playing football. Like, yeah. I, yeah, like I, I remember stepping on the field and the coach was like, what position do you want to play? And there was this commercial that had been out about Terry Tate, the office linebacker. And I was like, that looks like a fun position to play, to keep everybody accountable in the workspace. You know, the office linebacker. And coach was like, that's, that's not a real position in football. <laughs> oh! <laughs> He's like, well, what's your favorite football team? I'm like, 
the college I went to, LSU. I didn't even know LSU existed like until I was a junior in college. Really? Like, high school. Yeah. Like I was, I mean, I'm a nerd. Like I'm not a, I think people think that I grew up and was like groomed to be an athlete. Groomed, bro. But yeah. I was, I was not. I was groomed to be like an engineer or uh, that's what I, that's what I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to be either an engineer or I was going to go to law school. Um, yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> but you came up, but you became a professional football player instead by mistake. Yeah, by mistake. <laughs> Sometimes you just trip and fall into a professional athletic career. Yeah, man. Well, you're one of the few people I know that have done that. But that's. <laughs> but you're parlaying that into other things, like musician now. You're a comedian now. If what which of your careers would you uh, want to be more than anything else? Uh, I know you, you're a football player, musician, comedian. Which one would you say is like the top of, of the list? Comedy. Comedy. Because comedy. comedy is who I am at the rawest form. I would say music is still more polished. Like I don't curse in my songs. No. The subject matter is, I mean, it's diverse, but it's not just straight on like me talking to you like comedy is. Like, I want to win the Mark Twain Prize for American humor. You know, I want to be... I want to be Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Roy Wood Jr. You know, I want to be a, I want to be a voice of a generation. Wow. And, like I have the ability to do that. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I want to, I want, I'm I, like when I, when I'm dead, I want people to see my picture yeah. and just, you know, you don't yeah. have to smile, you don't have to laugh, but just feel good. Yes. <laughs> no, that dude made people feel good. He was, uh, he was all right. You know, terrible <laughs> basketball player, but he was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes weren't that funny, but he was all right. He, he did a lot of community service. I heard he donated his kidneys to some iguanas. Like, <laughs> you want to have impact? Impact, you know? Yeah. I want to be. <laughs> I want to be everything that I didn't have when I was a kid. Mm. Right. I know that there's going to be another kid that grows up like me um, in the same way that I like attach myself to like The Rock or attach myself even to Drake. Like, you know, I've been following this man since he first started doing music. To, uh, okay, I can't say first started doing music. Well, his music, you know, um, well, like, what am I trying to think of? Like, comeback season. Right. That's when I first found out about Drake. Like, that was before So Far Gone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I attached myself to his story. I was a big fan of how transparent he was about how he felt about anything. You know, like, people try to talk shit. Sorry. People try to crack jokes about Drake. People try to say, like, oh, Drake this, Drake that. Like, Drake is one of the bravest human beings I've ever seen. Because it takes a lot to acknowledge your emotions. And it takes even more to like go into a studio, knowingly record these emotions that you still dealing with and release them for the world. Yes. Oh, that's a brave man. Yes. Um, this album that I'm coming out with next year, actually, like it's very, it's a very like vulnerable album to the point that I remember listening to the, uh, the mixes and I'm thinking like, yo, do I want to release this? Like I'm, I'm saying a lot, like it's, you know. But, <laughs> so that's why I say like Drake is brave. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. on top of just on top of leaving the grassy to do the rap career that, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, like where Drake was when he left the grassy to do the rap career. 
what? What are you doing? You know. Right, right. You hear the music and it's like, oh. <laughs> the, funniest, <laughs> the funniest response I get to my music is like, this is actually good. Thanks. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I went to your YouTube channel and checked out some of your music and I was really impressed with the music, man. The arrangement. Right. It was you and another young lady and another uh, guy on the guy on the piano or the organ. Yeah, my band. Yes, yeah. that's your band. You have a band. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> I was very impressed with that, man. Really Thank nicely you. done. You know, you. Are you um, intimidated by speaking or singing in front of crowds? No. Not at all? No. The scariest yeah. thing to do in front of people was play football. Really? You're kidding. It was what I was the least familiar with in my life. Like, I remember coaches giving speeches before the game. Come on, guys. It's the game we've all been playing since we were six. And I'm like, I have not been playing since I was six. <laughs> not me. I'm scared okay. to death. Like, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I would be scared to death before games because I don't, like I said before, my childhood taught me to like, among other things, it taught me to place real value on what people thought about me. And in my mind, if I wasn't, a, if I wasn't good at what I was doing and I was worthless, so looking back on it, that fear was not just a fear of failure. It was a fear of failure because if I fail, I'm worthless, mm. you know, yes. whereas now I get on stage like, yeah, let me show you all what I've been working on. You know, like, in a, in a, it, it's fun. It's exciting. It's, I mean, being afraid is exciting, too, but <laughs> it's a different type of exciting. Like, I have two shows tomorrow. I got a, I got a, a music show in Houston and then I have a comedy show here in Austin. Um, and I'm just excited to get on stage. Like, I'm not nervous. I'm not stressed. You yes. know, I, I show up, I do my vocal warm-ups for the singing part. But because I don't have, I think part of it, too, is, like, because there, it's not an act. Like, I use my I use my name. It's Joe Barksdale. You know, I, I'm not, I don't have to be anybody different. I just get to be myself in front of yourself. people. Yes. That's wow. easy. Yeah. Being yourself is easier than being someone else. Right. <laughs> People tend to think that the stuff I say is funny. They tend to think that, you know, um, I hit a couple good notes every once in a while when I sing. So, and, and here's the deal. I want to win the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, but I also want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, Serious goals. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be one of the best to ever do it. Wow. Well, let me tell you, man, this has been amazing. I, again, I could speak to you uh, for hours because you have such a you know, deep background of stuff that you've done. And I think yeah. when someone sees someone like you, they're like, okay, I can see why he was an athlete. But you're like the athlete who didn't really want to be an athlete. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be a comedian. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, like, I can't tell you, I actually have more pride in myself now telling people I do music and comedy than I did when I was an athlete. Because I felt like a statistic as an athlete. You know, yeah. you'll, be sitting in a, you'll be sitting in first class on an airplane. Somebody, well, I know you play football. <laughs> what else is your black ass doing up here in first class? Like, what, oh, you don't play football, but you a rapper? Like, oh it, it sucks because, like, I can't even say, I, like, I would lie and say, no, I don't play football. But it's like the people knew I was lying to them, and I knew I was lying to them, but they weren't going to call me out on it because, like, we about to tussle on the flight. I don't think so. <laughs> but... You know, like, I don't know if people really know, like, how dehumanizing that is. 
you know, to just be like, oh, you're the football player. Right. Like, oh, it's like me running up on R. Kelly. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here defending R. Kelly, but the man has done more than what he's going to, what he's going to jail for. So I just been, oh, you're that rapist. Like, that's what he's known for now. Yeah, that's what he's known for. But that's not that's not the only person he is. Right. If you really want to talk about it. He wasn't born that way either. Something happened to him. Something. Between something being born and the court case. Now, granted, I'm once again, I'm not sitting here trying to defend anybody or put my two cents in. I'm just saying people aren't born that way. Right. Something has happened. I would argue this. I would argue some of the same things that led to him being that person were also some of the same things that helped him make such great music. Mm. Yes. Yes. Like Richard, Richard Pryor. Richard. I mean, I'm, thank God for Richard Pryor. He was the only comedian I've seen that I had seen at the time that had grew up. Like I'm like that. I would. I heard him talk, and I'm like, oh, okay, this. This dude would understand me, like you know, like from from a a background and right. growing up, you know, type thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Wow, deep man. Yeah, Pride was no joke. You no, know? no, yeah. no. <laughs> you had no pun intended. You had no joke. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was a real deal. <laughs> he could. And no. he was. He was himself. <laughs> All those people that I've talked to you about so far, Dwayne Johnson. I mean, even when he. Granted, you the Rock because you're a wrestler, but like immediately, I'm Dwayne Johnson now. Even though I'm still calling that man the Rock, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Like that's his middle name, you know, Richard Pryor. Like I, <laughs> I, I, those guys have shown me that like being yourself, you know, being yourself is good enough. It's good enough. Wow, yeah. awesome, man. Joe, how can my audience find out more about you? Where can they go and how can they follow you? Give me so some I'm selling a PlayStation 5s on eBay right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Craigslist. Oh. But, uh... <laughs> Not on the unemployment line, right? Okay. <laughs> If you're just walking down the street downtown and you see a brother with a cup, that may or may not be me. Yo, get your box down. <laughs> I saw you on the podcast, brother. How you doing? Here's five dollars. <laughs> you play football, huh? Oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. JoeBoxingJoe.com yeah. is the website. Um, on social media, it's uh, JBBALE72. But usually I just tell people to Google Joe, Joe Barksdale. Like, Usually the football player will come up and you can go from there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the easiest thing. Usually it's like just Google Joe Marks. I see people sometimes, that's, honestly it's a pet peeve of mine. Like people get off stage and they're like, alright, like for example, if I'm like, alright y'all, thank you, thank you so much. My name is Joe Marks On social media, that's at JPDale72JBDALE72 on Twitter and Instagram. And then the whole time I'm talking, not a single person pulls out their phone. Thank you. I'm up wasting time. Like, when people say that, I'm always like, bro, just say your name and have people Google Because that's it. That's, that's how it works. Like, yeah. Yeah, even if I told you, uh, hey, it's Joe Marks today. Oh, okay, cool. I'll just Google him later. It's a problem. underscore. Yes. Backslash. Like, yes. You know. got my phone. Okay, did you say that again? No. Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> Exactly. Nobody's that good. And if you are that good, I already know who you are. Right? <laughs> true? <laughs> Very true. Oh, man. Joe, you're amazing, bro. <laughs> 
This is Joe Glocksdale. On behalf of Body Scope of New York, a nonprofit, and Six Weeks of Fitness, I truly want to thank you for coming on this show today. Oh, thank you for having me, man. I hope I, I hope I said something. You said a lot. <laughs> you said a lot. Now I'm going to be with a therapist. But well, I'm saying you said a lot, and the thing I do believe that just you being who you are is going to give people more inspiration, man, to want to be who they are. You know what I'm saying? To yeah, keep it real. Yeah. Yeah, that's man. Yeah. No, I mean, it's in that Dr. Seuss book. No, today you are you. That's truly the truth. There's no one in the world who can be a better you. It doesn't go that way. I just butchered it, but it's something like that. It's <laughs> something like that, you know? It's also a quote from the philosopher, the uh, personal development guy, Jim Rohn. He said, be yourself because everyone else is taken. There you go. Right? Basically, that's it. So be who you are. So to my listeners, I truly hope this program was informative, inspiring, and encouraging that you will continue tuning in to my Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please leave them in the comment section below. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, we don't stop exercising because we grow old. We grow old because we stop exercising. That's true.